Pulp MX Network Production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to the Pulp Hockey Podcast Show. Uh, appreciate it. September 29th, we are doing this, and uh, the season is coming up. Training camp's in, uh, in full effect right now, and uh, we thank everybody for listening. If you go to uh, number two under uh, two, com, punch in Ferraro20. That's your code. Saves you money. Uh, best men's underwear out there. A lot of the NHL guys uh, ran it, run it, and uh, we appreciate you guys supporting us. PulpHockey.com, we can get it on Stitcher, get it on iTunes. Get on PulpHockey.com, of course. And, uh, all right, let's get right into it. Uh, we're going to ramp these things up and um, uh, talk about the uh, season uh, in the next couple of weeks. Working on a permanent co-host to talk every week. Uh, we'll see about uh, how that's going to go. And uh, we'll, we'll let you know, people. So, All right, with me on the line is a uh, former TSN, former Sportsnet, uh, former NHL player, once coached by Wayne Gretzky, Mike Johnson. What's up, Mike? How are you? I'm doing very well. A lot of formers in there, but yes. Uh, I, uh, yeah, no, I've uh, I've been around, which is good. I've seen a lot, and uh, I've yeah. learned a lot. Yeah, the uh, the Gretzky stories from our last podcast really stuck with me. I loved them. They were great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was only there one year that he was the coach, but uh, yeah. it was memorable for sure. And yeah. Like a little dream come true. You're yeah. a childhood hero. The story, about, you. the story about you saying, like, sorry, we didn't see that guy. We're not you. We don't <laughs> think, like, we're trying. It's just not that easy for us. So yeah, no, we were we were not not what he was, yep. and our team was not what the Oilers were either. <laughs> no doubt. Well, hey man, uh, uh, thanks for joining us. I appreciate. It. Uh, what's going on with you these days? What's happening? Uh, I'm here up in, up in Toronto right now, working the World Cup uh, for NHL Network. I'll be involved with them this year, and I'm mm-hmm. um, looking forward to the getting the season going as well. It's uh, this this World Cup has kind of been a, a bit of a segue into a slow part of the year with. Mm-hmm. Where the training camps kind of start, and you know the season's still a few weeks away, so it's been nice to be here in Toronto and and watching this tournament, which has been at times great, um, unique, mm-hmm. um, and probably some lessons learned for the next one if they do the next one. I was going to ask you about that. I, okay, so I'm in Vegas, and I got ESPN is putting a nice effort into this thing, um, um, but I can't, I can't get into it. I mean, Team North America was great. I mean, I don't think, if you didn't like watching some of those guys, and I don't know what to tell you, but man, I'll tell you, Mike, I can't get into a Team Europe and Canada final, and I can't get into some of the other games. USA bombed out. Uh, the Canada is almost too good. They're a little bit boring. They're so perfect. I can't get into this tournament, and I loved 96, and I loved 87, and, and I love all that stuff, uh, but... I, I don't know what it is with this thing. Well, I mean, I think uh, you're right uh, on a lot of counts there. It's, it's probably a few different things. One, mm-hmm. this is new, okay. relatively yeah. speaking. I know there's one in 04 and there's one in 96, but there hasn't really been a consistency there where it feels like this trophy or this title matters. Mm-hmm. Like it matters to the players because they're competitive. But beyond that, um, you know, they haven't yet put a lot of stock in winning the World Cup as a personal resume pad or anything, because it's just it's brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's that. Um, and I think you make a really good point um, in that Canada 
and you know, I'm Canadian. Yeah, I'm, no. and I'm here, and it's almost like they are surprisingly so good <laughs> right. and seemingly so much better than the other countries, which I didn't expect to happen. Mm-hmm. That the, the the tournament has almost lacked drama because there was never really a question as to who was going to win it. Yeah, um, they, you know, and every game Canada's played and. Um, they've, the closest game they had was, you know, the final, the first game of the final versus right. Europe, but that was mostly, it seemed like, because Canada was kind of not that into it, because I think they know that they're that good. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. I think the sense of inevitability, when you're even at the games and it's a sold-out crowd and Canada's playing, you think, you know, at least the rink would be alive and jumping, but mm-hmm. I think people are just like, there's no tension. There's yeah. no angst. It's like, yeah. yeah, we got it, even when we're losing. Yeah. We're going to get it, and it's fine. And they eventually do, because they're, they're playing incredibly well, and they deserve credit for that. Team Canada is credit for that. Um, I also think, you know, I was down in, in the States for the first week of, of the tournament, mm-hmm. and the fact that USA did as poorly as they did, um, lost in the way that they lost, yep. um, didn't help, certainly coverage in the States, but also didn't help, um, uh, but also yeah. didn't help the tournament because yeah. I think people were looking forward to that American Canadian rivalry that that had been brewing the last little while, and uh, it just never materialized. Um, the two most compelling storylines, oddly enough, which I don't think anyone could have predicted, are the two blended teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think everyone coming in were thinking. Well, I don't know. You know, Europe was kind of a you know talent of misfit toys, and yeah, yeah. you got the young guns, and they're not quite good enough to 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 play for their national teams or whatever it was. But well, Europe making the finals, I think, is a shock, and it, you know, nice for those countries and those players who I think a lot of people just wrote off as um, you know kind of mm-hmm. a bracket fillers, guys to lose in the first round. And the kids, the kids were the story. Yeah, I agree. They, they were the great. way they played, and I think. They were given such freedom by their coaches, mm-hmm. and there was, they didn't have to worry about slowing them down. They didn't have to worry about if they gave up a lot of goals because you know the expectations were, were zero, so they allowed them to just go play. And, man, it was the game against Russia. I mean, they were, the game against Sweden, they were just yeah. incredible games. Um, so Yeah, it's been... It's been, it's, it's, it's been they, they were the story, and so, yeah. you know, I think probably ends tonight in game two in Canada and then yeah. everyone can get off to training camp. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It, um, it's been, I, I, I didn't mind the made up teams. I didn't mind North America and, and Europe going into it. Did you, did that bug you? Did you, there's all these people that didn't like it and, and, you know, they weren't real countries and all that. I think it's a great idea. I'm fine with it. And, and, yeah, and I wasn't as offended because okay. I think, uh, you know, it isn't a true international event because there are these mixed bag teams. Mm-hmm. But I think it is a best-on-best best event because the under-24 team and the Team Europe were certainly going to be more competitive than a Germany or a Switzerland mm-hmm. or a yeah. Slovakia or yeah. any of those countries. Right. So if you want better hockey and better competition, um, then you got it by putting those teams in. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't offended by it because you know you, you take it for what it's worth. It's going to be yeah. it's going to be the best hockey available, and um, that's what they're trying to create. Being you said you were down here in the U.S. Uh, uh, and, and like where I live here in Vegas, and I find ESPN. I mean, look, I, I you know you've been involved with TV with TSN and Sportsnet, and, and and as a former player and everything else. So I think you've got a good grasp on this. I mean, I guess they're a little rusty. Coming, their, their production was fine. 
I didn't like some of the the, the the game callers and the analysts and all. I didn't. I don't think Brett Hall is. He's very upset most of the time. It seems like Brett Hall is very angry. Uh, I don't. I don't know if he like wants to be there. Um, like they're forcing him. He's excited. He's an interesting guy, but I think ESPN is a little rusty in covering hockey. Do you, do you agree? Um. Well, I mean. They haven't done it in a long time. Right. I, can't, I don't right. know. Has it been a decade since they've covered yeah, live I don't games? even I'm know. Even right. sure. So, yeah. you know, I don't know if rusty is the word. But, yeah, I mean, I think anytime you jump right into producing a sport, even if they have exceptionally talented producers, directors, mm-hmm. yeah. um, camera ops, all those different things, video packages, all the different graphics that go into making a good production, yeah. um, if you haven't done it in a long time, there probably are going to be some kinks to work out. Um, you know, as far as the commentators and analysts and all that, that's that's generally a personal preference. People, mm-hmm. um, yeah, people probably don't you know. like you, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I, listen, I, I, I got a lot of people that don't like me, uh, and a lot of people that do. It's, so it's, yeah. uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a reflection of the job you're sure. doing, um, because that's just a personal preference. But I did. But you, <laughs> watching Chelly and Holly uh, in <laughs> studio was um, certainly entertaining. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think. There's not they were not shy about uh, <laughs> no. expressing their disappointment with uh, Team USA anyways. No. I, uh, there's not a lot of analytics being used with those two either. <laughs> no, they would be old school, yes. would be yes. safe to say, even right. though they're relatively um, right. recently retired. I know. But, but listen, you can't knock their resumes. I mean, they no. played in every you know every big event, and they won it all, and they won everything and, and all that. But, yeah, you're right. Um, you're, but you're with, they, me on, you're with me on Hull. It looks like someone forced Hull to be there. Like, he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just he's going with a cantankerous um, right, right, yeah. demeanor for that one. But uh yeah, yeah. And and they they're very relaxed. They're very like sitting back and just chill and like they're two guys on their couch just saying, yeah, What's yeah. going on with the team America? It's, <laughs> it's uh, back when we played we would be way better. So right. it was uh, entertaining anyways. Yeah, no, exactly. I thought it was different and uh, and something I'm not exactly I mean me being Canadian and watching I mean if I you know, watch Canadian feeds a lot of times, I grew up with it. I, I just felt it was as a viewer, neutral viewer, I just felt like it was a little off. I don't know, but uh, anyways, um, the, uh, the 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 tournament itself. Who caught your eye? Who's caught your eye as far as um, really bringing it in? I mean, look, these things. You know what it's like as an NHL player. Um, you know, hanging out all summer, and then you're immediately jumping mm-hmm. into this high level of of competition for these guys. Um, who do you think's really brought it? Who's opened your eyes? Okay, a few different guys. Uh, I think obviously Brad Marchand. Mm-hmm. Playing with Bergeron Crosby in the first line in Canada, um, there probably were some questions whether he belonged there just because he didn't maybe have the name brand recognition of a lot of the other guys that on Canada he hadn't played in the Olympics. Uh, but he has not only just fit in, but really been one of the best players on Canada. Rewarded with the monster, almost $50 million dollar yeah. contract in the middle of the tournament. So pretty good couple weeks for him. Were you okay with that contract, by the way? I thought, I'm like eight years. Is it eight? I'm it's okay old, with the money. Yeah. Absolutely okay with the money. Yeah. The money's no problem at all. Um, you know, Brad is 29, Right. I think. And he plays a style where it's like... Um, you know, it, but... This is the problem. This is the challenge for every GM. Mm-hmm. I think every GM, including Don Sweeney, would say, yeah, we'd much rather give him five years. Right. He knows that. Yeah. He'd probably rather give him more money for five years. Right, right. But he also knows if he doesn't give him eight, he's going to leave and take seven next, somewhere next summer mm-hmm. for, for the same amount of money because someone's yeah. going to give it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's such – I appreciate the difficulty in making those decisions where you want the guy. He's important. You can't just let everyone leave because mm-hmm. – um, you know, you're trying yeah, to, you're to, you're to win, win the, win the your... term, but you're right. I mean, I, I think Brad Marchand at 
35, 36, 37, you know, I don't know if he'll be, you know, I'm quite sure, I'm quite certain he won't be as good as he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who knows what the cap is and all of that. Yeah. But, um, you know, $6 million is, is pretty good value for a guy who scored whatever, 37 goals or whatever it was last year. Yep. Um, so the money's no problem, but the term, but the term's always an issue anytime you give it to anyone who, who's over 26. Yeah. Um, so Marchand has been really good. Mm-hmm. On the Young Guns team, ever there's lots to like about a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But I thought Nathan McKinnon was a beast in this tournament. Um, you know, he had an off year last year, former first overall pick. Mm-hmm. You weren't sure, you know, what kind of player is he going to be? Is he a, is he a power forward? Is he in front of that guy? You know, it's, it's just, but I thought he was amazing. Um, dominant physically, using his speed, um, very engaged in front of the net, which I haven't, seen out of him a ton in his career. You know, he usually works on the power play, the half mm-hmm. wall, and um, I thought he was excellent. Excellent. And uh, also that Young Guns team, you know, Austin it's, Matthews. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's down from your neck of the woods, down from Scottsdale. And, yeah. um, you know, he a lot of people thought, again, he was on the team uh, kind of because it's in Toronto. He was first overall picked to Toronto, a bit of a PR move. Yep. He started the tournament as the 13th forward. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. One winger. I saw that. Uh, they put him that back there. But, you know, his, his performance at the Worlds was phenomenal. And then yep. they, they put him as a – I saw he's going to start as a 13th forward. I'm like, what? You saw the World Championships? But, yeah, obviously didn't, that was just sort of like a – maybe a check yourself kid uh, kind of statement. Um, yeah. Because, you know, soon he yeah, was – Maybe you got to make him earn it a little bit, mm-hmm. even though he's first overall. But he was, he was terrific. Not overwhelmed yeah. at all by the moment or – or um, or or the the line mates or the yep. limelight or playing in Toronto or the media or any of that yep. he was he was really good, and one other guy that I kind of had to look into a little bit closer as this term has gone on is Yaroslav Halak. Yeah. Now I know Yarrow. I played with Yarrow in Montreal uh, when he was just starting out. Yeah. Um, and he was just getting called up and. Uh, you know, this, there's this kind of, I don't know, the, the idea that I had about Yaroslav Lock is he's kind of a, you know, mid to lower range uh, goaltender, kind of in the 15 to 25 range maybe in the NHL. Yeah. Um, you know, he has trouble staying healthy, and he hasn't had a ton of success out on that one incredible run in Montreal run. Yep. when, he, you know, he took them to the conference final and upset Pittsburgh and Washington in 2010. But after digging into his numbers a little bit and seeing him play so well here, he's Better than I thought, and his career has been better than I give him credit for. <laughs> you were like, "Hey, wait a minute!" Like, I was wrong. I'm like, "Wait a second, he's a top ten goalie." Yeah, like you know, his save percentage is five on five save mm-hmm. percentage. Yeah, um, you know, his, his his high danger shot um, efficiencies are all are all kind of top ten. You know, up in yeah. five, six, seven range, which I did, and you know, talking about the last three years, mm-hmm. and I did not expect that. So I know he's played well, and lots of goalies can play well in short stretches, but I guess it made me look into him and yeah, you're um, right. yeah. correct myself and check myself and realize that he's <laughs> probably better than I've been giving him credit for. Right. Um, and remember, without Anderson's inju- injury, he probably yeah, doesn't He wasn't even supposed to play. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. supposed to really play, right? I mean, and- what Anderson was supposed to be the, the number one guy, right? No question. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. It's one of those things, uh, uh, tournaments, like you said, you're like, okay, is this just a – is this okay? Is this a guy that you know skated a bunch before the tournament and he's on his game and no one else is? Is this a guy that just got hot in a couple of weeks, or is this something that can be sustained through the season? You know, you you wonder the mindset of some of these guys whether how ready they were to start and let's say they're just now getting into 
into game shape or whatever near the end of a tournament, you know, whether it be whatever team it was. So, Well, you know what? The Europeans, in, in some cases, actually had a bit of an advantage in that way in that they played for their countries in Olympic qualifier before That's true. You're right. yeah, yeah. their pre-tournament exhibition. Right. So you had Slovenia and Kopitar. Mm-hmm. You had Germany got in. Uh, you know, Denmark and Nielsen and Anderson were playing. They didn't make it. But they had, you know, yeah. half their team was playing, in, you know, incredibly right. intense and right. meaningful games to those countries. Like, we don't care about really hung up on whether Slovenia qualifies for the Olympics. Yep. They're all going to be kind of um, – cannon fodder for the big countries, but for those countries and those players who are the NHL stars from those countries, mm-hmm. it is a huge deal for Andrzej Kopitar to get Slovenia back in the, into the Olympics. Yep. And so they were probably more ready um, than, than, than the North American guys, most likely. And I think the European countries maybe had a bit of an advantage, too, because their pro leagues also start um, mm-hmm. almost late August. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those guys can skate with their former pro teams, former pro clubs in their home countries of Sweden, Finland, Russia, wherever, yep. and really be involved in almost a training camp with those teams before they entered uh, the tournament over here. Um, the Team USA, look, it's easy to say now, like, what was Dean Lombardi thinking? And mm-hmm. that is the easy way out. But honestly, Mike, I mean, again, I'm a guy on the couch, but I'm like, what's Dean Lombardi thinking when he was, na- was, in- when he was naming the team? Uh, Canada used to do this. Remember... Um, Canada's 06 Olympic team right. is a perfect example of this. Uh, and uh, in 90, in Nagano, wasn't Zom- Zamner on the team? 90, 98, Rob Zamner. Like, yeah. like you, you, they, they try to pick players to play to roles. roles, right. And, and it's Instead like, of just taking the best players and letting them fill the role, because if they're smart enough and good enough and have good coaching, yeah. then, then, then they'll be able to adapt to whatever you're asking them to do. And I think maybe Canada learned that lesson a little bit in 98, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more in 06. Mm-hmm. And, and now they've completely um, yeah, they're embraced. Just like, Listen, yeah. we're taking our best guys. Right. We don't care if we have 11 of our forwards or centers. <laughs> we don't care. Exactly. Because if they're good enough and they're smart, then they can play wing. It's not a big deal. We'll be fine. Um, like I think they, they have two wingers. They have Brad Marchand, Brad Marchand and Corey Perry. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So... Um, now, you say it's easy in hindsight. I mean, I think if you were to rewind the tape, a lot of us yes, um, were agree. questioning this before the tournament started. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not to suggest, and this is the, the delicate balance, that's not to suggest that the, some of the grinder-type players, like, I like those good players. I'm happy to have them on my team. I'm happy to have Justin Ablicator on my team. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to have Brandon Dubinsky, Ryan Callahan when he was named. They're all very good players. Yep. Totally fine. But in this kind of tournament, you know, I think there are better options. And this, this tournament was going to be played fast, and it was going to require fast skaters, fast thinkers, and fast puck movers. Mm-hmm. And I think USA just did not have enough of those guys, especially on defense. Yeah. And, I mean, we can, you, know, you, can poke, you can look at the Dubinskys and the, the Ablocators and, and players like that and say, you know what, they probably maybe didn't deserve to be there. David Back is bigger, slower, more physical guys. Mm-hmm. But I think really the issue was was on the defensive side of things. I think um, they just could not move the puck clean enough out of their own end to allow their forwards to go to work. Mm-hmm. And um, but I, but you get we, I kind of understand Dean Lombardi's mindset in that you know he's won in L.A. with this kind of uh, yeah a grinding team, team and he, you yeah, know in, yeah. in his mind this is the kind of team that has success. You know, he can look back at the 90, um, 94 team, or sorry, 96, 96 World Cup team, team yeah. 
and say, well, look, they had Joel Otto and they had, you know, Billy Garen and these kind of. Was Joe Otto? Joe Otto was on that team. I oh, think he was. Okay, I, I really he, think he was. He's gritty. <laughs> he, right. That was also a different game then, though. It right? was true. Yeah. And, and yep. that's it's, it's it's a long it's twenty years ago. Game has changed a lot since then. So, um, you know, I think he made a mistake looking back instead of looking forward. But uh, but sometimes a tournament like this forces teams, federations, countries mm-hmm. to, to take a look and say, okay, what are we doing? Like, how how are we? How are we putting our teams together? Because it's not even about developing talent. Yeah. USA's got tons of talent. It's not, they're the, yeah. probably the second best country in the world at developing talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like they don't have enough good players. It's more how do we pick the players to be successful in these kind of tournaments. And, and I think there will be lessons learned. And next time they do this, whether it's Olympics in 18 or next World Cup in 20, mm-hmm. um, you'll see a different attitude, mindset, and uh, and some different players, because they'll also get the young guys on there. They'll get Goudreau and uh, Eichel and uh, Larkin and yep. Seth Jones and, and, and different options available as some of those young guys uh, grow up. Um, you're a pretty progressive, forward-thinking kind of analyst guy, but yet, you know, I think I think you're a little bit old school too in the uh, in the fact that you played the game and you understand the codes and all that kind of crap in the dressing room that none of us get. Don't step on the logo, things like that. But um, uh, uh, just for the record, I never quite got the don't step. On okay, the logo. all right, good. I'm Thank like, you. If you're gonna put in the middle of the floor on the carpet. <laughs> oh, dude, like, it's what so do you want? Dumb. It's so dumb. Did you like, see that? I get like I get the idea. Of don't throw your jersey on the ground and you know yeah. spit on it. Like I get that. <laughs> But a carpet's there to be walked on. I had a problem with this in college because they had one of those in my college in Bowling oh, yeah, Green. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't. This is ridiculous. Yeah. But go ahead. Well, yeah. did you see the Bruins put it on the ceiling? Well, good idea. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. No one's gonna touch it. Right. Perfect. Um. But here's the point: is that um, I loved Phil Kessel's tweet. Right. Like Phil, yeah. that was great. And then you had Bacchus and these guys saying, "We'll remember that." And why is he bagging on us? You guys are so dumb. Like again, this is just me. He's <laughs> yeah. not. Did Phil say, "Hey guys, you sucked"? No, Phil was insinuating that he would like to have been picked on the team and thought he deserved it, which we all agreed. I mean, he had surgery eventually, so I don't know how that would have worked. But he wouldn't have made it anyways. But he was already he was passed over when he yes, he perceived he, him healthy. So. Right when he was healthy, he was passed over. Yeah. And for any of those USA guys to be like, "Well, remember," I'm just like, "Calm down, calm down." Are you with me on that? Uh, I'm I am with you on the intent of Phil Kessel's tweet, mm-hmm. which I found quite quite funny. Right, and the Phil's guy never funny, tweets. He never tweets, but <laughs> no. But he's a funny dude. You'd never know it, but he's kind of a funny dude. Right. Um, but he was absolutely taking a shot at the team, people who put the yes. team together. Yes, I agree. Not at all the players. No. Nothing at no. all directed. You guys came up short. You need me. You're not good enough without me. None of that. No. It was like the guys who picked the team. You were wrong to not pick me. So good on you because you didn't do a good job by ignoring me. That was the intent, and it was cleverly put. And Bobby Ryan had a similar kind I, of – I saw that, yeah. You know, maybe I can make it on the over-35 <laughs> team when I'm not a defensive liability. Right. You know, he's still poking fun at the, at the, at the management, not the players. Um, so I still was correct in his intent. Um, you know, I, I, I get how the players – you're sensitive at that moment. Yeah. Right? You just yeah. lost out. You flamed out, really. And the last thing you want to do is answer questions about some guy who's not there kind of poking a shot at the, that was generated by the last lack of success of your team. Even if it's not at you, it's the reason he can do it. And why it's funny is because you guys did so poorly. Mm-hmm. So I got to understand being a little 
picked at of the course. moment. Well, and then, of course, the media doesn't help either, right? And like, being inundated yeah. with questions. But yeah, this yeah. is like, oh, we got to play him, and I'm going to take his number. That's, uh, yeah, it's so dumb. That's a little much. Right. Uh, just, just worry about winning the game. Don't worry about what a guy writes on Twitter. <laughs> Phil, uh, and Ferraro has told me, you know, in the pregame meetings, and as, as you know, that Phil, yeah, Phil's great. Like, when he's just one-on-one laughing or whatever, or, you know. He's, he's an interesting yeah, if you guy. catch Phil yeah. in a quiet moment where people aren't around, and if he and if he you have a somewhat of a rapport with him, yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's really pretty funny. Um, as a Leaf fan, uh, Austin Matthews, we talked, we touched on him. Uh, did you see he broke the glass with his first? <laughs> yeah, of course. You know what? I did see that, and oh, in Toronto, awesome. where the media is that's crazy. Awesome. <laughs> oh, he's the hardest shot of all time. I mean, let some people break glass, and we do it all the time. You know, what know. Do, but um, of course. To him in his first practice, of course. Here's the thing, though. Okay, so he's drafted number one. He's this great guy, and he's going to be very good. I, I, I'm excited for him, as, a, as like I said, as a Leaf fan. But I also thought to myself, watching that that North American team, I'm like, he's good. He's no Connor McDavid, though. McDavid is. I mean, they're, they're, McDavid is going to be the best player in the league here this year, next year. When does this happen, Mike? I mean, he. I, again, I'm pumped on Matthews, but no one should be confusing these two guys. I was so pumped no. with McDavid. Yeah, but I, don't, I, I mean, I, I don't think anyone is. I mean, I think it's okay to do both. Like, you can be excited for Matthews because oh, it, he's excellent. Is it just my Leaf and fan buddies that I'm talking to that are doing this? I think thing? so. I think they might be getting carried away. <laughs> um, but Conor McDavid's on another planet. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. Austin Matthews is more like you know him or Jack Eichel is an absolute toss-up who might have been taken second overall last year. No one was going to challenge McDavid. Right, right. Um, and, you, and you watch him, that first goal, which, you know, Austin Matthews scored, but when he took the puck through the neutral zone against Sweden, ripped by the Sedins, split Hedman and Strawman yep. like they were standing still, you're like, what was that? Uh-huh. <laughs> that is like two of the best defense in the league. Uh-huh. And man, the guy is just crazy fast. In a game he where, is, yeah. you know, you're talking fractions, fractions of percentages between the fast and the slow. Right. It's not that. It's a, it's a big, big jump to yeah. how quick he is and how fast or how short of a distance it takes him to get to full speed. Yeah. Um, so he, he's, he is wild. I'm, and as far as best player, um, I'm expecting top five this year in scoring. Yep. And, you know, I, I, the way Crosby's rolling right now, it's hard to pick against Sid as the best player once again. Mm-hmm. Um, all due respect to Patrick Kane. Uh, but... It will not be long. If it's not this yeah, year, it'll yeah. be next, and he'll be he'll be right up there scoring titles and, and, and MVP votes and all of it. And when you talk about speed on the ice, okay, like you were a fast skater. You were. Yeah. Uh, uh, Phil's a fast skater. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm trying to think of some other guys that come to mind uh, off the top of my head. Michael Grabner's a fast uh, skater. Grabner, yes. He's a fast skater. But, like, McDavid, I don't. It's like someone hit the fast forward button. He no, it's it's video game hockey. Yes, yes, turbo boost. It's phenomenal. <laughs> you know, you watch guys like yourself or Phil or Grabner, um, and and they do stand above people. You're like, oh, he can pull away from somebody anytime he wants. But McDavid is like, it's like he's not even touching the ice, Mike. It's insane. It is. It is. <laughs> and he and and his mind and his hands. Can work going that fast. That's true too, right? Like that's. Yeah. The, I mean, there are other guys. Like, you know, Michael Grabner. He can yeah. skate super fast, but his hands don't work, or you and know, his mind doesn't work as that as well to go at that speed. You know who was also was like that? And as as a former uh, Leaf fan, I saw a lot of them. Randy Wood. 
<laughs> Randy Wood would get breakaways. Lots of guys like that. He would get there's breakaways all like the time that. and never score. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's lots of guys like that. And it doesn't mean they can't play in the NHL, but, right. you know, he's got it all going. I mean, and maybe the best example. So Dylan Larkin last year, all-star game, you know, he had a rolling start, but he broke the record for fastest lap of all time. Mm-hmm. You ever saw Larkin and McDavid on the ice at the same time? Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's close. No, no, this is this feels like McDavid is significantly quicker. So um, I, I mean, I, it's an exciting time in Edmonton right now. New rink, downtown revitalization. McDavid hopefully healthy for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Lucic in there riding shotgun. I'm pretty sure he's going to be named captain like any second any, now. Any day. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they're waiting for. I mean, he had an A on last night. Like, I don't know if they're going to be do a big ceremony at the end of camp. Just get it over with. Everyone knows it's going to happen. Yep. And and, and let them move along with it. But um, you know what? I think it's it's it'd be fun fun team to watch um, as they go forward here if they can uh, shore up the defense still a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But you know, as far as the offense goes, McDavid, he is he is must see TV. You're yeah. tuning in late at night here on the East Coast to. Check to see what he's doing and uh, what he's done. I agree. Last year, I was watching more Oilers games than ever before. I'm like, I just got to yeah. watch this kid. I just got to check him out. Uh, Austin Matthews, though, like I said, so very good player. Does he remind you he's big? He can he can skate. He's got hands. Like I want to say, like a better version of like Rod Brindamore. What does he remind you of? Is there somebody mm-hmm. that remind? Is there somebody that sticks out for you? I mean. Um, good question. Because he's tall and like question. lanky, like uh, lanky, like he can like kind of rangy. Yeah, rangy. Um, good, good word, rangy. Right. Um, maybe you know what? I think Rod Brindamore is a little more workmanlike. A little more I, I have to see him. Right. I probably have to see him play more often. But right. maybe, maybe like a young Le Cavalier. Oh yeah, that's a good you one know, too. Kind yeah, of six sure. foot four, but he's thicker than Vinny was. I don't right. play with Vinny when he was when he was kind of a skinny little nineteen year old. But yeah, um, you know, I, I'm. I could say Matt's, but I'm not going to do it to him in Toronto. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Hey, but that'll say work. That he's like Matt Sundin, six four um, centerman, big guy. I uh, know, I know. Uh, I just I don't know if he's got that kind of uh, pace to his game. But I, uh, he needs a bigger. Uh, yeah. he, needs a big, he needs a bigger ass to be Matt's because Matt's yeah, just exactly. stick his ass yeah, out, ass, and, and you could. Uh, he, was, he had a large blower half. Right, right. That. <laughs> the big, the big sweep. Um, um, but yeah, maybe someone like. Someone like like a Lecavalier or maybe a maybe a Kopitar, mm-hmm. you know, somebody like that. Um, you know, obviously all really good players. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Any one of those guys, that would be pretty incredible right. for Toronto. Um, hey, the uh, recent news in my hometown, uh, Jacob Truba from a uh, mm. uh, place for the Winnipeg Jets, um, American kid. Demanded a trade. He's a, he's a, he doesn't have a contract right now. He's a restricted free agent. He, uh, they said his agent kind of said that it was the, he wants to play the right side of, of the or left side, right side. What do I have that right, right? side? Right, the right side. shot. They got yeah, they, uh, they Tyler got, Myers and Dustin and, Bufflin, and Bufflin ahead of him. Right. Um, to me, look, I can say this because I'm from Winnipeg. This is a kid who just hates Winnipeg. There's no way hmm. the, the a, a right shot. Keeps you. I mean, Winnipeg's sort of an emerging club. Let's face it; they got some good guys coming up. They're they're sort of headed in the right direction. I think. I think this is all about an American kid wanting out of Winnipeg, and I can say that because I'm from there. Uh, you agree? Uh, I agree. Well, listen, I'm not going to put words in Jacob Truba's mouth. Right. Um, well, I can't. You know, the, the <laughs> desire to play right side, right wing, right defense. I don't know if I've ever heard that used as Thank a you. reason to right. be traded. I mean, I mean, literally, I don't know if that's ever happened. I can't think of it. You know, I, I know, know we, right. I know there's some rumblings in Tampa, like Stammer wanted to play center versus wing, 
Um, but again, that would have been just more of a reason to leave as opposed to mm-hmm. an excuse to leave as opposed to a reason for right. leaving. Right. Um, so it is unusual in that regard. I've listened into some interviews um, from his agent trying to explain it with some of the members of the media from Winnipeg who are pretty pointed in their questions because I think they have a bit of a concern or they're sensitive. Yeah. A sensitivity yep. of like, is this just a kid who doesn't want to play here mm-hmm. because it's, because it's up North, it's in Canada, it's cold, whatever, right. you know, it's a smaller town, whatever they, whatever the, the perceived sensitivities might be. And he was, the agent was very clear. That's not it. He's always wanted to be in Winnipeg, but yeah. I think when you put all, do all the math, I think that's a, not the, the worst conclusion you could draw that, you know, well, maybe just, doesn't love the fit, and if he wasn't going to get absolutely the best contract that he wanted, you know, he wasn't going to look to to, to, to get underpaid right. or get anything but max value to be there. So, yeah, it's well, – well, listen, he's really good. They're really good. Yeah. And yep. There's no team in the league that wouldn't want him. Mm-hmm. And there's all, like, you know, immediately, well, who, what, what kind of options would teams offer up for this kind of player? I mean – 21-year-old right-shot defensemen are rare, except in Winnipeg, apparently. Um, <laughs> right. A guy who has offensive game, has, his analytic numbers are really strong. Um, you know, even if he didn't have a great year last year, uh, he's, he's really good. There's, there's, you know, you can count a ton of teams that would like him. So there'll be no shortage of suitors. Right. Uh, but it, it's a, it's a trick. You know, what, Shevel, what does Shevel Dayoff do? You, well, that's, you can't that's why I'm asking you. Just, you're, the, you're the expert. My next question was, what happens? I mean, like, so put me. I'm Kevin Shovel Aft, so I'm I'm irritated and ticked. Right. Like, is this kid gonna put it out there? Although, to Truba's credit, they asked for this trade back in the spring, mm-hmm. so it didn't just sneak up on him. He right. knew he wanted out. Yeah. And so, you know, going public just puts more pressure on it on Shovel Dayoff. But so, if I'm Shovel Dayoff, I'm angry. I'm, I'm ticked. I'm like, what is this kid doing, putting it to me like this? Mm-hmm. You know, just sign your contract, get yeah. back in camp. You get over that part, okay? Well, now. I'm going to take another run at Kurt Overhart and say, you know, can we, can we salvage this relationship? Can we get a contract done? Because I think he's a really good player. We'd love to have him on our team. We need him playing and playing well because we want to get back in the playoffs. That doesn't happen, which I don't think it will. Mm-hmm. By the sounds of things, mm-hmm. I don't think it will. So then you say, okay, we've got to make a deal. But it's got, to be, it's got to be the right deal. It's got to be a good deal. We can't trade them just because. We can't trade them because it's an issue or I'm feeling in some sort of heat. I've got, got to make the right deal. Ideally for another young defenseman who I have control of or is locked into a contract for a few years. I know where you're going with this. This is my next question to you. <laughs> so, um, do you call you know, Garth and then I shop it around. Do you call Garth Snow? Say Travis Hamannick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that would I that would. I don't know what happened to Hamannick's uh, trade request, but I assumed it was still. Well, Travis Hamannick's trade request was born out of a, you know, a, a family situation. He he had some illnesses. He wanted to get home to oh, okay. be around his family. So okay. it wasn't like you know, like he had he had you know. Yeah, it wasn't. He wanted so. to be around someone who was sick, okay. which you, you have to admire. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, he's retracted it since then. But yeah, I mean. Travis Hamannick, well, certainly if you're Winnipeg and you want to get someone who's got locked in for a while and who would embrace being in that market, well, that, that would be one of your guys. But mm-hmm. yeah, there'll be no shortage of, uh, of teams with offering up similar type defensemen. But you know what I thought of when I heard mm. trade requests become public? I thought, um, could you not have traded Taylor Hall for Jake Truba? 
if you're Edmonton. Like, yeah. You would have known, I guess, if, if Truba's name was out there in the spring, yeah. and you traded Hall in the summer. Like, Jacob Truba's better than Adam Larson. Yes. Uh, like, now and going forward. <laughs> Adam Larson's good, but Jacob yeah, Truba's better. Yeah, yeah. And I know Larson shoots left, and they wanted left shot D, not right shot D, or whatever, but... Um, yeah, I mean, like I, I, I'm thinking, shoot, did we miss the boat on that one? Because, right, right, right. Um, you know, that would have been but, a pretty. But then you have solid. the whole. If the kid doesn't want to play in Winnipeg, and we think that's the reason, he's not. Yes, I know. Would he? Would he have yeah, signed exactly. back? And, yes, of course. He's not going to go. He's going to be like, I'm not going but to Winnipeg. At the same yeah. time, listen, Jacob Trouba, while he he can say he doesn't want to be there, like he can't mm-hmm. go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. No. True. Yep. Right. Like yep. if he sits out through December, he's out for the year. Mm-hmm. And while it's all fine and dandy to try to make like that takes an incredible amount of guts. Mm-hmm. To go all the way up and get, you know, not only the the two month salary you're going to miss while you're while you're not signing anywhere, but then to, to write off a year of your development of your earning power. Mm-hmm. If you sit out a year, then you don't. It's another year later that yeah, they push your unrestricted years. Yeah, you don't you don't lose your status. You just keep pushing yeah. You don't right. accrue yeah, a yeah. year of service. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, like, there's so few guys that have the jam to do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's one of them, but <laughs> not many guys do. I certainly would not have been. Uh, and so I wonder if he is. You were a pretty good player for a lot of teams for a lot of years, um, and but you've been and you've been around superstars of the game. I don't, look again. I'm from Winnipeg, but I live in Vegas, so there's probably not two different cities in the you know possible, possibly <laughs> yep. different cities than Winnipeg and Vegas. And I lived in SoCal for a long time. If I'm an NHL player, I don't understand this. I don't want to play in these markets. I. I I mean, I guess if you're if you're a superstar, if you're Mario, if you're Sid, you can call your shots that way. But I don't get anybody that would say I don't want to play in this city. I mean, you can be a hero in Edmonton and Winnipeg, in these places. Um, everybody would be nice to you, you know. Uh, I don't get that. Yeah. Do, do you? Were you ever like that as a player? Were you around guys that were like that? Uh, well, I mean, the markets I played in. I mean, I played in Toronto. Yeah. Which I know some people maybe don't like now because there's way more attention now than there was 15 years ago when I played there. Um, I loved it. I'm from here, but I loved it. Yep. Um, a lot of I – mean, I played in Tampa. Yeah, yeah, when you played in Tampa, they were not – I mean, they're, they're not terrible. That, they're not that big and I, now. I, 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 but, quite yeah. frankly, I didn't, I didn't love – I didn't like playing there. Yeah. You know, part of it was probably a bit of a culture shock coming from Toronto. Um, you know, yeah. the kind of hockey market and this lack of interest and lack of success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but certainly, if you don't have a winning team, then it's easy to become irritated with the shortcomings of the market, if there are any. Yeah, yeah. So if you're not winning in Winnipeg, then you're like, man, yeah, yeah. This is a small town, and it's hard to get to, and my family's not close, and it's really cold, and I don't want a block starter on my car. I don't even know what a block starter is. <laughs> uh, just for all you Americans, yeah. plug, you plug you your plug car it. in so it warms right. up while you walk away. Yeah, people don't understand what. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what it was either. I went to Sky, I went to University of Ohio. I saw these plugs hanging out of cars. What are these? Things? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little early for electric. Um, so I've been around guys like that. Um, a lot of it has to do with with how successful you are doing individually and mm-hmm. as a team. And if you're having success. As a team, as an individual, you probably would love to play anywhere. Um, but if you feel like you're not, then that's when you start poking holes in markets and, hate, and looking for yeah. reasons to, to not be happy. I hate to be Joe Plummer hockey fan and, and be like, oh, you're making millions. You should be. But honestly, I don't get it. Like, look, it's not like well, it's, it's got all the things you need. It's got an airport. You're on a private jet. You've got nice housing. I, I do not get the whole, 
I don't want to play in this small market thing. I just, okay. yeah. I, I understand for sure. I, and you, you make absolutely very good, but just to be devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. Well, you played. I'm sure you played with dudes that are like, "F that! I'm never going there." Oh, listen, yeah. like, it's no mystery. There's no. You're not. You're not. Uh, it's not state secrets. You're like, hey, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Buffalo, Buffalo, Carolina, <laughs> Ottawa. Like, yeah, those are the those are the teams. Oh, does Ottawa make a lot of people's list? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they are at the bottom of the list. Yeah, those are the teams. You know, Calgary, Edmonton. They're kind of in there too. Um, you know that's that's the reality, and mm-hmm. then a lot of people get to those markets and and they're not so bad. But the perception around the league amongst the players that like those teams are not as desirable for a variety of reasons. And so yes, you're right. You give you, you have nice houses, you have moderate, you know, you have transportation, anything you want in every in every place you go. Yeah. But if you could pick, <laughs> if you could pick, could you would you pick somewhere else well, besides Winnipeg? Yeah. Besides Buffalo? Yes, but. I mean, well, there you go. Okay. All right. If you're allowed to choose. Right. Right? Yeah. doesn't mean yeah, as a you, know, UFA, you don't have to demand yeah. out of there, but yeah, if yeah. you could, yeah, as you a, would. As a UFA, you can choose. You're right, sure. Right. But if you have enough leverage or enough wood jam, I mean, listen, mm. Jacob True doesn't have a contract. He's not holding out. Nope. Yeah, people need he's that. Got a, yeah. He's got as much reason to be at Jets camp as I do. <laughs> you know, he's just he's <laughs> right. a guy without a contract. Yeah. So he's not doing anything wrong with them. And if you can force your way out of there for whatever reason – because uh, you have leverage, because believe me, and this is where sometimes there's a disconnect, and I get it, between fans and players, is that fans are passionate, and they love their teams, they love their markets, and they want their players to love it the same. But they want their players to be wholly invested in the team, in the market, in the city. In the jersey. Hometown right, discounts, yeah, yeah. You know, love it here, and we'll love you back. And don't maybe leave a little money on the table because, you know, we're, 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 so, we're so good to you. And that all may be true when things are good. But the second things are not great. Mm-hmm. It, it, it all switches. The team is not going to be loyal to you. The team's not going to be concerned about your family. The fans are not going to be worried about the good things you've done in the past and the good guy you are in the community and the, nice, and the, and the hometown yeah, discount so. you've left on the table the last four years. It's all they're going to care about is that you're not good anymore. You're not giving us good value. You've got to get out of there. So the loyalty that fans and teams want, and really, you know, which part of what makes sports kind of romantic, it's not really a two-way street because you don't really get it back when things aren't good. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Yep. And so um, you can't forget that. And agents never do. Players sometimes <laughs> can fall in love with cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But agents are quick to turn because they're a little bit more detached yeah. uh, and impersonal about it. Like, you yeah. know what? You can't. I'm not, leaving, I'm not letting you leave $10 million on the table because four years from now when you blow out your knee twice and you can't skate so well, they'll be crying to buy you out. Yeah, they'll be like, this guy's a bum. Right, 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 right. And so we're not going to – we can't do them those kind of favors because they won't do them for you later. Just play in Winnipeg, everybody. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> Listen, the Winnipeg game – I don't know Winnipeg well enough to live there. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I did a lot of games yeah, there the you, first year. The you, Winnipeg you, game experience, yeah. second to none. Yeah. The rink, the energy, the crowd – as good as any in the league. So you would just stay downtown if you had two games in, in a week or whatever, or how'd that, how'd that work? Yeah, I would, I would fly in from Toronto. I'd fly in the night before, do a game, fly home the next day. In oh, and out, stay, kind of stay two nights. Right. Um, now, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. The downtown is not It's Chicago. not great. It's not great, no. <laughs> you know, it's not Vancouver. It's not New York. No. It's no. not even Denver. So, no. like, 
it's not. You know, I don't know where the guys live. I, I, I genuinely don't. I don't know if yeah, they live yeah. in the suburbs or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I, I could see going in there for the first time, as I did, and I'm like, okay, I mean, the rink is amazing, but I don't. You know, right, there ain't much around here. <laughs> not a ton of uh, cultural activities that I saw no. relative to some of the other big towns. I, don't, I, I get what you're saying. You're absolutely right. It is a business. It really is. And the, the moment things go south, teams discard you like no other. So players need to you know, just look out for number one, I guess, most of the time. But I don't know. I, I guess you're right. I'm being Joe fan, Joe Plummer fan. But you <laughs> may, I mean, you made a lot of sets, but I just – No, I, I – yeah, and it's unusual for it to happen in hockey, right? A lot of, most yeah. of the time, guys, yeah. guys, you know, they play out their term of their contracts, and if they right. get to UFA, they get to UFA. I mean, but you know, these players are so young now, and they're so good so young, that they have a lot of leverage, yep. and they can choose to go where they want to go. Does Johnny Gaudreau want to play eight years in Calgary? Does he want to play four years to his UFA and then go back to play in Jersey or Philly, where he's from. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting contract situation. Which, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, and I said yeah. it many times. Like, I thought Monaghan would be easier to get done, one, because mm-hmm. he's going to want less money, and two, because I think he's quicker to commit to Calgary. That's not to say that Johnny won't. Yeah. I just think, you know, he probably has – he'll think about other options. Yeah. What yeah. can he – you know, because he's been very clear. You know, those – the guys who love – you know, that come from the Northeast – Mm-hmm. The guys who play college around Boston, the Boston College, Boston University guys, even if they're not necessarily from New England, they very much like going back there. They have yeah, such yeah. good time yeah. in those kind of formative years. You know, I wouldn't – Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah, yeah. I expect him to find himself back on the Northeast coast. Oh, do you? Yeah, you think that's going to go that way? Yeah, when he's yeah up, absolutely. When he's up. And I yeah. think that's why it's going to be hard for St. Louis to trade him. Yep. Because they could trade him to Edmonton, but Edmonton's not going to be able to sign him because he yep. wants to go back and he's going to go play in Boston or Dude, the, the frat, the, the Islanders or wherever, yeah. Jersey, wherever yeah. it is. The college frat years uh, linger strong. <laughs> Listen, that's time of your life. You spend the rest of your life trying to recreate them, and apparently these guys are. I know, right? Well, hey, uh, uh, so, all right, to so wrap this up, Mike Johnson, uh, former NHLer, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, Phoenix, Tampa, uh, on the Paul Pocky podcast. Uh, so you're going to be on NHL Network uh, more regularly, and that's your gig for, for 17, 16, 17? Yeah, I'll be around NHL Network more than uh, than in the past for sure. Yep. And uh, yeah, unfortunately for for you out there, you'll still be seeing uh, plenty of me for the next year. <laughs> so you have to go to Jersey for that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. It, you know what? I fly down a few days in the studio down there and fly home. It's a short forty five minute flight from Toronto, so yeah. it's, uh, Not, it works out really well. So you're all right with that? Yeah, no big deal with yeah. with that. Um, great. Yeah, it's uh, always interesting to uh, to talk to you. I think you're a, a little bit more forward thinking, analytic kind of analyst than uh, some other guys out there, and it's uh, but yet you still kind of understand as as we just talked about the old school. I don't want to play in Winnipeg, guys. So you get that. <laughs> um, thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, let's touch base down the road if that's cool. Um, as always, great great stuff. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me, and we'll talk soon. Can't uh, wait. Listen, you're in Vegas. I can't wait to go to Vegas and, and, and do some hockey in hey, Vegas. Hey, here's the funny thing. So I got a half season. If you got time, you got two minutes? Yep. Okay. I got half season tickets because I'm I cover motocross for a living, and, and I, can't afford to, I can't afford the time to go for a whole season. So they go. I get this invite, come pick your seats. And I'm like, oh, that's exciting, right? So my wife and I, she works down on the Strip at, uh, at Macy's store. And she, so she, I drive down to the Strip. She comes down. We go to the arena. We're like, where are we going to sit? Like, we're, we're in the corners. We're in the corners or by the uh, face-off dots on the ends. Yeah. And um, so we're looking at seats, and we're checking them out. And we're like, what about this? What about that? And um, they, call us, they call us up. I go up there, and, and they're like, oh, uh, oh, you're just half-season tickets. Yeah, you don't get to pick. <laughs> 
And I'm like, I got an invite that says I get to pick. They're like, no, sorry. Yeah, you just get, you just get, you're just going to be in these sections. You'll be assigned. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, you damn it, bastards. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really nice arena. It's great. It's uh, I was, uh, I went down for the George McPhee press conference um, yeah. to go cover that. And um, I was surprised. This was, uh, what, June or whenever they hired him. Mm-hmm. And in the bowels of the arena, there's already, there was already like, this is the stick room. This is the uh, uh, this is the NHL. It had like a plaque on the wall already. Uh, NHL team uh, therapist uh, room and everything. Like everything was already set. You know what I mean? I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're killing it. Very cool. Well, I'm going, I, I'm supposed to go down there and I'm thinking I'm going to have a little vacation in November, so I might uh, pop around and see what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, it's really beautiful for sure. They got a, the you know the uh, the typical. Um, Giant scoreboards with the two TVs yep. on the end and then the big ones in the middle. That's what they got yeah. for a board. So, yeah, they're doing it right. Looks like it. Anyways, do you like that McPhee hiring? I thought it was. I thought it was great. Well, listen, you need a guy to navigate. Uh, you need a guy who's been around to navigate all that starting a new franchise entails. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, he certainly has done that. You know, everyone looking forward to a really bad trade he made in Washington, Phil Forsberg for Martin Erat, but he really did set <laughs> Washington up to be a pretty good team after he left. Um, so, yeah, no, I think he's good. And he went to Bowling Green. So, you know, oh, here fun. we go. Here we go. There you go. <laughs> it always comes back to BG. Yeah, exactly right. Well, great. Uh, Mike Johnson, thanks very much for your time. Appreciate it, man. All right. Anytime. All right, see you. Cheers.